I'd like to take a few minutes today fulfilling the words of David Melech and Yaakov Avinu, Alava Shalom. As we were learning, that Oseh means the ability to see Hashem doing, not that He did. To see Hashem's hand in what's happening in the world and to follow the advice of Yaakov Avinu and Yosef that we learned yesterday to constantly build our emunah emunah like we said is not a yes or no it's a constant growth and a person needs to constantly work on his emunah so I'm going to give you a few examples of Hazal, how they themselves constantly were working on Oseh Shamayim Vaharetz. They were constantly working on their emunah. We're talking about very holy people who spent every minute of their life studying Torah and serving Hashem. Hazal tell us that a Talmid Hacham is somebody who doesn't go four amot, doesn't walk six feet, six to eight feet without thinking of Torah. That's what a Talmid Hacham is. People who were giants, but yet they spend time Strengthening their emunah. For example, the Gemara says in Masechet Shabbat, Maitama, what is the reason? Gamla, Gamla is a camel. Zutar genufteh. How come a camel, says the Gemara, his tail is short? You have a big camel, very tall, very large animal, but yet, surprisingly, his tail is short. Imagine the great Tanaim and Emoraim, the great rabbis, discussing the tail of a camel. They care about the tail of a camel. Get involved in more spiritual subjects talk about Hilchot Shabbat talk about all different items that are relevant to mankind if a camel is sitting in the desert and he has a short tail what does that have to do with there you would think this is discussions by people who are ignorant have nothing to talk about they sit down Ocean Parkway and they count the cars some people they count cars what could they do? They have nothing else to talk about. Nothing else to do. They sit down, they count cars. They comment on different colors that are going, passing by. This is what people do when they get older. They have nothing to do. When you get old, you don't have any more family needs like you used to. You don't really work anymore. 
and uh, you get bored. When you get bored, you count cards, you play cards. What else are you going to do? You got to be able to live life without getting bored. But these people that we're talking about lived to the fullest. One of the, one of the great inspirations for people to learn is that learning keeps you busy. Not just busy, accomplished. And doesn't expire when you get older. The opposite. A person who learns while he still could, while he's still young, when they get older, they actually learn better. Their mind is now fully focused. Before they had all types of obligations, their mind is worried about this and about that, about their business, about their children, about their, they have to buy a house. They have to, when they get older, a lot of the physical worries and occupation in the physical world is no longer there. When a person learns while still young, as they get older, they appreciate the time even more. And they don't have time to waste. A, because now they can focus on their learning. B, because they've already set their mind with a lot of wisdom for so many years, you know, the way wisdom works is the more you learn, the more your mind is able to have clarity. So even, on, even if you learn something today on one subject, the next day, the learning, even on a different subject, will be much easier, more enjoyable. You'll get more clarity. Lehavdil, lehavdil. Not to compare. It's like breaking in a glove. When the glove is new, very hard to use it. But if you break the glove in, then it's enjoyable to play with it. Wisdom is something that needs to penetrate the mind. You can live your whole life and make many decisions and be involved in many things, but you're not really involved, you're not osik, you're not busy with putting wisdom in your mind. Your mind isn't working to acquire chokhmah. When your mind doesn't have that koach, when a person gets older, so he's not physically busy, doesn't have the same obligations like before, he has plenty of time, his body is weaker, so it's, he's not able to play like he used to, run like he used to. His desires in general usually go a little bit less than when he was younger. So now, whatever he was busy with his whole life comes old age. It's no longer the same. 
But the time, the day didn't change, still 24 hours. Now you're going to start learning. It's very hard. Because the wisdom hasn't softened his brain. When a person learns and learns and learns when they're young, they're not only learning because it helps them in life. They're not only learning, it connects them to Hashem. They're not only doing mitzvot when they're learning. Besides all that, they're also investing in adding 60 years to their life. Adding 60 years to your life. That is that Hashem, you live to 120. Let's say you retire at 60. 60 to 120 is 60 years. When people retire at 60, they have nothing to do. But you have many, many, many people, especially when they get older, when they get younger, when they're younger, sometimes people think, okay, I'm, I'm busy, I got a lot of things, even though many of the things they're doing really doesn't mean anything. But at least in their mind, they think they're turning a lot of wheels. Okay, but you get to a certain age where like, okay, not, not what it used to be. And there are many people that have tremendous ahava, love for chokhmah, for wisdom. They love to go to a shiur. They love to listen. They love to learn. But they never invested in learning. They don't know how to learn. So basically, they're like, not to compare, but they're like a person who has a, uh, um, a disability. Imagine a person wants to walk, but he can't walk. He needs someone to hold his hand. He needs a chair to, to someone to walk up. That's what it's like when it comes to learning. If you invest, and it's never too late, never too late. If you invest in learning when you're young, investing means you spend time on it, you review it, you learn how to learn. Not only listen, but understand how to do it. One day, when retirement comes, you won't, you can't wait. You can't wait for retirement. Because now you can be able to sit down, open up your Gemara with a Habruta, and get the maximum years of your life will be those years. The maximum accomplishment will be those years. The maximum pleasure will be those years. I can tell you without a doubt that my father, Allah Shalom, the best 35 years of his life, he lived 90 years. The best 35 were the last 35. All he did as a book, he didn't want to be bothered by anything else. He didn't even go to weddings. Even his family, he won't go. Why would he go? He's an ulama ba. If you ever saw him sitting down by himself, he locked the door, no one comes in that's right locks the door 
sitting down with his books. He has books on the table. He's writing. He's doing. He's in Gan Eden. Doesn't need anything. A person who invests, invests effort in learning, not just listening. The goal is not just for you guys here to sit and listen. It's nice to listen. We need hezuk every, every day, a little bit. But the goal is that a person invests time in learning. When you invest time in learning, you will be able to maximize your life and maximize your pleasures. You with me? Am I saying the wrong thing? Tell me everything wrong thing. Phil, am I saying the right thing? There you go. That's what it is. You feel bad, you start late because you realize that you have a handicap. You can't open a Gemara and learn. You can't. You need someone to teach you. And even after you learn it, you don't really understand it. And the words you don't get. And I, I feel the pain of people who don't know how to learn. They enjoy it, but they have to be put in a wheelchair and move them. But if a person invests in his learning when he's young, every day is younger than the next day. Hello. Every day is younger than the next day. So you were young 40 years ago, and today you're still young for tomorrow. So yes, the younger, the better. What can I tell you? So you're talking about men that spent every waking minute of their lives involved in Torah, discussing the most intricate halachot of different subjects, and what are they sitting down doing? They're analyzing the tail of a camel. What's going on over here? What's the reason? Says the Gemara. What's the reason a camel's tail is short? Gemara says, oh, I'll tell you why. Ah, unbelievable. Look how Hashem, look how Hashem is constantly involved in the world. Says the Gemara, because camels, they spend their time in the desert. In the desert, there are thorns. And if their tail was long, it would get stuck in the thorns. Say, ah, beautiful. Azak Baruch. So, so, oh, there you go. Right, here he is. Say, so he says, so, so. You built another step in your emunah. You see, Hashem didn't make camels and throw them into the desert. He is thinking about every detail to make sure that the camel is able to live his life in the maximum pleasure. Says the Gemara, Masechet Shabbat, Maitama. What's the reason? Torah What's the reason that a short, an ox, has long tails? You have an ox, his tail is very long. Imagine what's going on here. 
Why is it that the Creator made a long tail for an ox? Very nice, Charlie. Let's see. You have, you have potential. Says the Gemara. There are, he, usually cows and oxen, they lived in the swamp. And in the swamp, there are a lot of flies. How is the cow or the ox going to get the flies off their back? They're annoying. What does he do? It's a long tail. So he keeps hitting the flies from his tail. He flicks them from his tail. The camel doesn't have that problem. There are no flies in the desert. He doesn't need to reach his body with his tail. The opposite, he needs a short tail. But the cows need a long tail so they can get the flies off their body. How else are they going to get them off? They have no hands. Amazing. Says the Gemara. This is what they're involved in. What are they doing, these people? These great people. They're doing it. They're not proving. They're not proving. They don't need proof. Told you. It's not a yes or no. Even if you know 100% is a creator, but you need to strengthen your emunah. Strengthen your emunah from the tail of a cow. From the tail of a camel. Says the Gemara, my tama. What's the reason? Karna de kamsa rekicha. What's the reason? The horn of a grasshopper, the locust. Why is it soft? Usually, horns are hard. You see the horn of animals. They're hard. The ram's horn is hard. The cow's horn is hard. Here you have a grasshopper, the locust, the grasshopper. He has horns too, coming out of his head. But they're soft. Says the Gemara, why they're soft? This is, this is occupying their mind. Why is the grasshopper's horn soft? Says the Gemara, Mishum, because they die, they die, they die, he says, because locusts, they live amongst the reeds. They are reeds that grow. And the locusts, that's where they live, that's where they fly. So the Gemara says, if the if their horns would be hard, they're constantly hitting the reeds. They would end up causing blindness to themselves because they're constantly getting hit by the reeds that they're flying in between. So therefore, the Creator made their horns soft that when they hit the reeds, they just it's just a soft hit. If it would be hard, they would keep getting knocked. Oseh shamayim va'aretz, building more emunah. The more you see Hashem's involvement in the world, the more you build your emunah. You don't just say, I believe Hashem is making this world go. And building our emunah by constantly noticing what's going on in the world around us. The Gemara says a Masechet Pesachim, something very beautiful. The Gemara says that Hashem decreed Shea Kadosh Baruch Hu Gazar 
Al-Hamid, he decreed that a dead human, a dead body, Shayasriyah, that he will start to smell and rot right away. Most amazing miracle. You have a body of a human being that could be sitting in bed for months and years. And he's a human. Maybe he needs help. But he himself is no different than anybody else. The minute a human dies, the minute he dies, he starts to smell. Most interesting thing. It's a miracle. Why didn't he smell before? The Gemara says, you know why he doesn't smell before? Hashem made a decree. He made a gezerah. That the minute the met, the minute he dies, he starts to stink. Amazing. Why? Why did Shem do that for? Says Rashi Alava Shalom. Oh, Oseh Shamayim Varet. Oseh Shamayim Varet. Hashem is involved in making this world a world that is the best for us. She'im lo ken, says Rashi, because if not for the met rotting right away, ha'kerovim hayu matzni'im oto. He says relatives would never want to bury and put somebody down under and that the person becomes all a piece of dirt to get eaten by the worms. Why would they do that? First of all, they miss him. Second of all, why would they let him get eaten up? If he could stay, what they will do is they will make a room in the house. They'll put a bed, no box, they put a bed. And they put him sleeping in the bed. Every once in a while, when they miss him, they open the door, they see him. Shalom Aleichem. He doesn't answer. Maybe one day he'll answer. But at least you could talk to him. And uh, he say, have a good day. Come back whenever you miss him to visit him. People today, every once in a while, they go visit someone in the cemetery. Who they're visiting? Nobody's there. Guy's buried in the ground. Who knows if he's left there anymore. But there's something valuable. The Neshama Hazal tell us is by the cabin. Okay. But imagine you could actually visit him physically the way he was. Gorgeous. What a, what a beauty. Actually, why didn't Hashem do that? Says Rashi Alava Shalom. Veroim et saram tamid lifnehim. If people would leave their, their close relative, someone they love so much, their husband, their wife, their mother, their father, their son, their daughter, and they leave them in the bed, sounds like a great idea. It feels like a great idea. But what it does is it causes them constant pain. 
They never move on. They never forget. They're seeing et sa'aran. They're feeling their pain constantly. Tamid. They don't give themselves a chance to move on in life. So what does Hashem do? He forces us to bury somebody. We don't have a choice. Can't do anything about it. He forces us by making the met so smelly that it's unbearable to be with him in the same room. Unbearable. And he forces us to bury him not just for the kavod of the met, not just for the honor of the met, so he gets buried right away. That's also a reason. Hazal didn't forget that reason. It's important for the body to go back to the ground. That's where he's supposed to be. So it's the kavod, it's the honor of the met to be buried ASAP, as soon as possible. Hashem makes us do it as soon as possible. But Hazal didn't get satisfaction from the obvious reason. They looked into a deeper reason why Hashem made the med smell. They wanted more than, oh, we want to bury him right away. They wanted more. And they found it. Hashem was thinking about you and your unhappiness and want you to move on in life. There's a time to cry. There's three days, there's seven days, there's 30 days. There's a year sometimes. There's a time to cry. And there's a time to remember. But you got to move on with your life. Life is too short to get stuck on things that happen. No matter how difficult the thing was. But Hashem doesn't only hope that we move on. He involves himself that we should move on. Says the Gemara, look, look what they're spending their time doing. This has no ramifications in halakha. This doesn't change any actions. Why the med smells? It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do anything in the halakhic world. Why are they spending their time talking about this? Because they're busy like David Melech like Yaakov Avinu, like Yosef HaTzadik, like all the great people. Mevakesh emunah. They're looking for more emunah. They need more emunah. They're involved. They're learning and talking to Hashem all day long. When you learn Torah, Hashem talks to you. When you pray to Him, you talk to Him. So you have people, what do they do all day long? They're either talking to Hashem or Hashem is talking to them. They need emunah. Yes, they need emunah. Mevakesh emunah. More emuna. The Gemara continues. Hashem made another decree that a dead person, a dead relative, most amazing miracle that the person begins to forget. When a person has a lo'alenu, a tragedy, he loses a loved one. The first day, the first week, first month, he thinks that that's it. 
I can't, I can never enjoy another day in my life. I can never enjoy the rest of my children. I can never continue on. That's it. What are the thoughts going on? I can't move on. Any close relative to a person, that's what they feel. They can't get the person off their mind. Hashem made a decree that somehow person starts to forget because he needs to forget because it's not possible to live life like this. Hashem made a decree. Don't think that forgetting a loved one is something that's obvious. It's a gezerah. In fact, you want to hear something beautiful. The decree, Hashem decreed it to help me and you to continue to forget things. There is a question. Yaakov Avinu Alava Shalom it says that when his children told him that Yosef must have been killed they brought him back, clothing with blood on it. They said, They told him a wild animal ate him. Taref Toraf Yosef. He's dead. Yosef is dead. Vayikra Yaakov Simlotav. Yaakov ripped his clothing. Avelut. Kirya. Vayasem sak bemotnav, vayit abel albeno yamim rabim. And he was in mourning for his son for many days. His dear, precious Yosef. Pasuk says, after yamim rabim, yamim rabim. I don't know how many days that is, but it sounds like a long time. I don't know if it was a year, maybe it was two years, I don't know how many days. It wasn't after a day. Yamim Rabim, many days. So it got to a point where they saw Yaakov is not forgetting. He's not, he's in pain. All his sons, all his daughters, they got up. Meaning they were done. Okay, finished. They got Lenahamo to console him. Yalla. Yaakov Avinu. It's enough. You gotta move on. It's over. And who better than Yaakov Avinu understands that you gotta move on? So now he didn't move on. So his family that cares about him. They're seeing he's not moving on. So they get up and they come talk to him. I don't know what they said to him, but it sounds like it was a planned effort. Maybe they made a Shabbat together in a hotel somewhere. And they, and they yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they all together. Called Banab, they called Benotab, they all got together. And look at the reaction. And he refused. To get consolation. Unbelievable. He refused to get consolation. 
What happened to the Gezerah? What happened to the decree the Gemara speaks about in Masechet Pesachim? That when someone dies, what happens? There's a process. There's a process, a healing process, where you forget. Why is Yaakov Avinu not getting the due process that every person gets? Isn't that the normal way? Isn't that the natural world that when somebody is not here, you just forget about them and eventually it's not on your mind anymore? Isn't that what normally happens? How come by Yaakov it didn't happen? Answer is, because Hashem decreed on the myth. The decree to forget. It's not a natural thing. It's not, oh, because the person's not here, you forget them and your pain is gone. No, there was a decree. Mean A decree means something beyond the natural world. Someone so close to you, how could you forget the pain? Someone not so close to you, forget. But someone so close to you, how do you forget them? You're married someone for 60 years, you're going to forget them. You have a son, you have a daughter, you have a father, you have a mother, you're going to forget them. How can that be? It's impossible. We think it's natural to forget. The Gibraltar says, no, it's not natural to forget. It's natural that when you love somebody and you're so connected with somebody that you don't forget. That's the natural. Hashem made a gezerah. He made a decree that when someone is met, you forget him. Yosef, oh, Yaakov, thought he was dead. He thought he was dead. He's an avelut. He thought he was dead. But Lemaseh, he wasn't dead. He wasn't met. Since he wasn't met, he wasn't under the umbrella of the decree. So therefore, Yaakov can't forget him. Follow? We remember lightly. We remember, but not pain. Hashem, Yishakah doesn't mean you forget his name. Yishakah means you lose, you lose the emotional connection. You lose the, the pain that you had. Of course you remember him. Of course you try to help him. I've got Matthew, you don't have the same painful feelings like when they first passed away. Says the Gemara, that was a decree from Hashem to help the relative move on by Yosef. It didn't work. Of course it didn't work because he's alive. So long as he's alive, there's no, there's no decree. There's no decree, then the norm is not to forget. Follow? Beautiful. The last line in this Gemara, also very important. You listening? The Gemara says, again, I'm bringing this to show you how Hachamim, they involve themselves in things that really are not relevant in day-to-day halakha. But they were building their emunah. They saw Hashem when they saw a dead person they saw now Hashem They saw how Hashem is involved. And the next thing the Gemara says, unbelievable, I once mentioned this to you, beautiful. The Gemara says Hashem decreed, He made a decree at Gezerah, on food, 
שתרכב. That food rots. You leave food out for a period of time. Start to get less fresh. Then it gets a little bit less tasty. Then it gets a little moldy. Then it gets, the, and then at some point, garbage. This is, this is not normal. We think it's normal. What do you mean? That's what it is. Food, as you leave it around, uh, air comes. Uh, of course, there's, there's a scientific explanation to it, but Hashem made science. So, why does that happen? Hachamim are thinking, they're spending their time thinking, why did Hashem do that? Where did Hashem, where does Hashem get the chokhmah? What is the chokhmah behind food that rots? There must be chokhmah behind it. Where can we find emunah in this area of life? Then you go to your banana, you see it's all brown, and you say, ah, look at the emunah of Hashem. I have more. Today I have more emunah. I see food that's rotten, I have more emunah. The milk, got spoiled, I raised my emunah. They're trying to find emunah in spoiled milk. They're trying to find emunah in rotten apples. You understand what's going on here? They see bread that got moldy. They're trying to find emunah in the moldy bread. That's how far they go. Mevakesh emunah. So why does food get rotten? Says the Gemara, you know why? Because Hashem decreed it. Hashem decreed it. Why would he do that? Isn't it better that my food stay fresh till I eat it? What's the goal? What's the purpose here? That food should rot? For what reason? She'im loken. Because if food wouldn't rot, ba'ale batim, ayu ba'ale batim, which means wealthy people, ayu me'atserim they would, give, they would, let me tell you something. Everybody likes to buy real estate. The more real your estate is, the more solid your portfolio is. So people think that buying land is a real estate because land is land. Where is it going? But really, there's no bigger real estate than food. Could you imagine food is never going down in value? Could you imagine that you have enough money and you want to make sure to take care of your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren for the next 200 years? So very simple. You buy warehouses and you store all the food that they'll ever need. You took care of them and that's real estate. That's not going down because we know people have to eat food. So no matter what, food is as real as it gets. There's nothing more real than food. If you buy gold and silver, it's still not that great because if you get hungry in life, gold and silver isn't going to help you. You can't eat gold and silver. But food is real estate. You follow? Says the Gemara, since there's nothing more real 
than food if food wouldn't rot. What would, what would happen? People would start taking all the food. And Hazid, the guy, doesn't have money. What, what's he going to do? They say, oh you, oh, you want bread? $500? Right. I mean, if you don't believe it, look at real estate here in our area. What's going on in our area? Every wealthy guy is taking a house for him, for his housekeeper, for, 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 for his children, his grandchildren. He has a house all over. How much you want? 10 million, 15 million, 20 million? No problem. Hazid comes a guy, he's working, he's a hard worker, he makes some decent money, he wants to buy a house. Again, they tell him we have a 20 by 100 in Marine Park for you. To, uh, what, what, what happened? What happened? Because what happened is the people who have money raise the price. Because why would I not? Why, what's better than having a house next to where you want to live? So they're buying up all the homes. Now a regular guy wants to live. He can't live. He's got to move somewhere. Now with real estate, okay, so they'll move to a new place. They'll open a new neighborhood. What are you going to do? But, but food, he can't do that. What are you going to do? The guy has no money for food. Where is he going? So therefore, the one who's constantly making shamayim varets, he wants to make sure that everybody has enough food and that food wouldn't get too expensive. What does he do? He makes sure it gets rotten so you can't leave it around. He forces, he forces you to sell it. He forces you to move it. You can't stay with it. When he forces you to sell it, you'll take Less money than if you were holding out. Hashem made it gezerah so that people wouldn't starve in the world. That's why now you see, oh wow, you have emunah from rotten. Next time you see a banana get rotten, that's another reminder of emunah of Hashem working himself in this world to make the world the way we see it. And there's more. But that's enough for today.